listening to the Always Be Booked Caribbean Cruise and Orlando Vacation Cruise Cast with your host, Tommy Casabona. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast show coming to you not quite live from New York City. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to find, download, and listen to the show as we cover anything and everything relating to cruising at the top of the show. Please Instagram, always be booked. Follow me there. Uh, please uh, hit me up on the uh, Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge on Facebook. Just click to join and we will let you right in. A lot of cool discussions on there as well as uh, we do have the YouTube channel. If you don't mind, share the show with your friends. Uh, rate, review on iTunes. And what else do we have out there? Oh, yeah, emails. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. With the Instagram, I've made up a little bit of a switch as of late. Not really drastic, but what I've been doing on Instagrams is trying to come up with memes and kind of be a little witty, but also kind of capture or basically, for lack of a better term, hijack a lot of pictures that I just kind of like. I like to use the word curate from the internet. What I've been doing over the last few days and what I'm going to continue to do for as long as I have them, it just kind of dawned on me. I have tons and tons of my own original cruise pictures that i could start using so uh i'm gonna be doing that for a while so if you see me on instagram lately definitely give me a follow because you're gonna see a lot of a lot more original stuff uh and that's pretty much it but like i said don't forget email me the part of the show you'll hear at the end of the show we'll do some emails back in the game with that we've been doing a lot of different shows as of late as far as interviews christmas show new year's show interview with Stu, interview with chris i told you guys i was going to get back to the original format before long and here we are uh, speaking of the last shows what we were talking about the topic of the last show was the brantley gilbert country cruise now uh, i gotta say you know i have no problem admitting defeat i have no problem saying that Stu. You know, you guys have spoken. Stu wiped wiped my floor, wiped me, wiped the floor with me. Apparently, in that debate that we had regarding whether or not he should go on the Brantley Gilbert themed cruise, the Country Music Festival at Sea via Sixth Man, and uh, all I'll have to say to you guys who have wrote me and told me, you know, Team Stu, Stu made more sense. I like Stu's argument. I gotta, I gotta say it. You know, I gotta tell you guys here now. On the Always Be Booked Cruise podcast, you guys are all wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I see what you guys are saying, and I see what Stu is saying. You know, it's just not his type of cruise, or, uh, you know, we have alternatives to that we can do. We can kind of do hybrid. Some of you guys had some good ideas, do back-to-back cruises, this and that. All you guys. Uh, your arguments are great, and you're all right, I guess, and maybe I am wrong, and maybe I'm being stubborn, but the only thing I'll have to say in the feather I have in my cap, and, and what I'm going to say is, I know I'm right. Why? Because none of you have been on that cruise and felt what I felt when I was on that cruise. If you had been on a country music cruise or any festival at sea or any cruise a theme cruise that shares any common interest with what you like to do and what some of your passions are in life i could tell you that i would maybe give your uh, arguments a little bit more uh, credence but i could tell you right now that i know Stu, and i could tell you that on that cruise he would absolutely be in pure heaven when those you know acts were playing and the pockets were running around so 
Again, I'm just kind of kidding around. I know, you know what, it may not be for, for Stu. You know what, I think the crowd, the jury has spoken. Stu is not going on that cruise, but that's all I'm going to leave it with. You win, I'll give it to you. You won the argument, but keep in mind, I've been there. I've been at sea. I've experienced it. And uh, if I could only, and there's no words that I'll say to be able to give it justice as to why I think he really, really would consider that maybe his favorite time at sea. But uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. We got some emails regarding that. We'll, we'll a couple of them. We'll go over maybe one or two. Uh, what else is there? Uh, uh, I want to give a shout out. By the way, uh, I was in the my uh, location in New York City, my bar called the Irish Exit, hanging out, and uh, you know, a gentleman asked me if my name was Tommy. I said yes, and usually I'm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what is this? Is this like a uh, vendor? Is it a salesperson? Whatever. But it was um, Dwayne and his uh, wife, Marty, were there, and they uh, introduced themselves as listeners. So that was cool. It's always cool when listeners come in, and we spend some time talking about the show, talking about New York City, cruising in general. Had a great time talking to Dwayne and Marty. Uh, it was a pleasure to meet you guys, and I uh, hope you had a great rest of your trip. Uh, speaking of bars, uh, I'm in the midst of a sober January, so what is the date now? The 18th. We're 18 days in, haven't had a sip of alcohol. People ask me, is that tough for you? Is it an issue? No, it's not an issue for me whatsoever. It's not hard for me to do. I, uh, again, like we talk about boozing and stuff like that, I guess you would say, you know, I can't. There's different levels of alcoholic, and uh, I'm sure many real alcoholics that I know will tell me that I'm a complete lightweight, and a bunch of people in our cruising community would, you know, wonder if I had an actual alcohol problem or not. And uh, I'm here to be realist, realist and uh, self-awareness is something that I take a lot of pride in and, uh, you know, put a lot of credence to. And the truth is, is that I probably am under a definition. I am some sort of a definition of an alcoholic. You know, I can go probably six months without a drink, no problem. I do not, uh, what would you say, ever like fiend for the taste of alcohol or got to get home and have get that buzz or if I had a rough day or I'm sad or something bad happened to me, drowning it out my sorrows with alcohol. Never, not in a million years. I don't miss the taste. I don't need to be buzzed. I don't need it as a distraction. My alcohol intake is solely based on being in a social atmosphere. I enjoy drinking when I'm around uh, friends in a party atmosphere with music loud and, you know, just, I'm a social drinker. And I'm a very, very social person. So, you know, I guess that kind of uh, the amounts of times I'm in a social social situation creates an avenue for me to drink a lot. And that, I guess, maybe in that regard, you could consider that some form of of an alcoholic. I drink maybe once a week. I drink pretty much every day when I'm on a cruise. Uh, I'm one of the biggest drinkers probably on that ship on any given cruise I'm on. I'm up there with one of the bigger drinkers probably in the top 85 to 90th percentile, I will have to say. But, again, it's no issue for me whatsoever to not to drink for a month. The only time it's tough is, like I said, on a Friday night at work when everybody around you is drunk, the music is going, you know, you're in an environment where, you know, possible liabilities can happen, this can happen, that can happen at any time, and, you know, maybe have a couple to kind of, if you can't beat them, join them type of thing. Other than those couple of hours on Friday, other than those couple of hours on Saturday nights when the when the place is rocking, 
it is no issue whatsoever. So that's where I'm at. Uh, I wanted to talk about a couple of things. What do we got? Cruise related. Did you guys see that Carnival commissioned Shaq as their CFO, as their chief fun officer? You know, that's great. I think Shaq, I've always been a fan of Shaq because, you know, aside from being a great basketball player, he's always kind of like emulated himself as just a big, giant kid. And uh, I read a couple of his, I read his book. I don't know if he's got a couple of books, but I read one of his books and I've seen a lot of his commentaries and stuff like that. And I followed him a little bit and he just cracks me up. He just doesn't care. When you're seven foot one, 390 pounds, you pretty much can do whatever you want in this world. And that's a good bird's eye view as to what you get as a result of being able to do what ever the hell you want and uh he just makes the most out of life he just really enjoys himself he cracks you up he doesn't care he's not interested he's unfiltered and uh i think he's got a good heart he's just a funny dude and uh i think that's a good signing by carnival to get Shaq in the mix and uh you know of course it's uh what is it? it's an honorary slash symbolic position it's like you know queen of england type stuff him i don't think Shaq is reporting to carnival every day at 9 a.m. and uh you know going over the fun times and stuff like that but you know he's 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 endorsing he's endorsing carnival and i think it's a good association great move by carnival uh speaking of carnival the room service is an issue now i'm not into the cruise news yet and i'm not considering these necessarily cruise news topics i'm just kind of mentioning them at the top of the show because they were just interesting to me but uh so carnival is changing some policy regarding room service uh it's kind of hit all the message boards and people are talking about it now i had some time to digest this at first i was very very offended by this or kind of like i just feel as though the whole nickel and diming thing is just creeping up it's like uh you know we're gonna charge for this we're gonna take away this we're gonna add this we're gonna put this hidden cost in i get it guys i get this stuff is reality and inflation and as things go on supply demand you know so i kind of understood at the end of the day all right so now they're going to charge for room service that's the new norm and uh what they also did was take away room service altogether on debarkation day now i don't know i i I don't care about that i never ordered room service on debarkation day what is your debarkation day process like i don't know that last day is so depressing you know when i start getting depressed on a cruise honestly day one that's what i love about cruising you have the countdown it's like all about two countdowns, right? The countdown that you have leading up to your cruise, 50 days out. To me, the day is 50. When it's 50 days out, then it starts getting real because you're within like, you know, less than two months. And then that goes really fast. And, but then that last week takes forever. But uh, then when you get on the ship, it's another countdown. And it's a sad countdown because now you're just counting out down the days you have left to be on this cruise ship. But uh, on debarkation day, I don't know. I've, I'm probably a nightmare because I typically am not. I'm one of the last people off the ship. I mean, I'm not even. I'm not answering your first seven knocks. I mean, you got the first, uh, you know, banging on the door. You know, you like I said, you get depressed. I extra, I get extra depressed the day before because you look on the TV and the content on one of the channels is just how to get off the ship. And now you know it's real. You're getting off the ship the, the you know the very next day, and I'm just like. I really have to be watching this right now, so I changed the channel. But, yeah, I'm not even – I mean, they bang on the door, and no offense. I'm sorry. You guys may hate me for this. And, you know, cruising's a fickle thing. You know, people, whether whether it's tipping, whether it's this charge, whether it's that charge, whether it's, you know, etiquette. But the, 
uh, you look on some of these message boards and you know whether you're complaining about certain things people get fired up people get so offended like if somebody doesn't like a certain thing that they you know at sea or whatever you know be careful with your comments on these a lot of these message boards and these threads and these facebook groups because people will light you up if they do not agree with you and uh you know admittedly one thing i do i'm like i said i'm not i'm not moving a freaking muscle i mean at least the first five to seven times you're banging on my door it's like it didn't even happen then on the seventh or eighth time i'll maybe start to get up maybe head towards the shower but yeah you know ideally I've greased the room steward enough to where, uh, you know, they don't completely hate me. But, yeah, they're starting to get annoyed. They It does get to the point where they are uh, infiltrating the room and working around me. They start – very rarely do I go on a cruise where I am not still in the room and they have forced their way into the room and began cleaning my room before I've even thought about leaving yet. Shoot me. What are you going to do? It is what it is. Uh up here in New York City, man, I'm going to tell you something. This is the coldest weather I've ever experienced on an extended basis here. We've had a you know, bad snow. We had that one kind of you want to call it a snowstorm. It was more the wind than anything else. The outer boroughs and Long Island and Westchester and Jersey got a lot more than we got it in the city. But as far as uh, just an extended period of cold, usually, you know, my, my barometer is 30 degrees. I don't know about you guys. 30 degrees. I'm good. Make it 30 all freaking winter long. No problem. Maybe 29, 31. That's not a problem. But when you start getting into the teens and the low 20s, that's when it starts to hurt. And usually in this part of the world, you get a few, you know, I don't know what's the actual word, but you get a couple of, you know, days or weeks or where you have to deal with that. But this has been a fairly extended amount of time where we're dealing with very, very cold temperatures up here. And I know all you people in uh, Florida or people on cruises right now, oh, you know, sucks for you. And I don't blame you. You know what? It is what it is. It just makes those cruises and those times you spend in the warmer climates that much sweeter. And we know we got one coming up March 3rd, baby. Freedom of the seas. Cannot wait for that one. A little different this time. Uh, going with my buddy uh, Nicole, and uh, I, I am in the gym. You know, like I said, we had the press conference on that escape cruise. Nowhere near the level of intensity as far as the training goes, and trying to get down to that 229. I'm telling you, on this cruise, I'm not going to be getting down to 229. I'm gonna try to get. I've been trying to get serious for the two month mark, but I've been. I'm in the gym. It's just the diet hasn't really uh, kicked in yet. But uh, what am I at right now? I'm right about about 257, 255, 257 range. And uh, I would like to get down to that 235, maybe two. Probably 235 is probably the best I'm going to do for this one. And uh, that would be ambitious in itself. But you know what? It was rough. The last time I did that, I was really hell-bent on getting down to that 229. And I got to tell you, that last day in Miami, I didn't eat the day before. That day we went to live at the Fountain Blue and we partied with uh, Jermaine Dupri's birthday. Uh, I didn't I didn't feel well the next morning. I actually left the hotel to go to the gym that morning. And I realized I didn't eat the day before at all. I normally don't do that, guys. That's I know that's not healthy. That's silly to do that and it's not me. I've but uh I just really wanted to kind of optimize my, 
you know, wait. I just, I just kind of got obsessed about it. I wanted to get on that ship and give myself as much breathing room as possible to be able to start eating on day three or four. So I went real, real heavy. And uh, on the way to the gym, I, you know, I didn't feel at any point like I was going to collapse per se. But, yeah, it, it caught up to me. I was like, no good. Gym ain't happening. Let me make a right turn here into this here deli and get myself a turkey wrap. And, uh, yes, I had the turkey wrap drank some water and it was like night and day but I was yeah it was touch and go there I definitely wasn't going to be able to put in two miles on the treadmill that morning pre-cruise speaking of Miami so you know I kind of teased it a little bit and there's still nothing to report right now I want to explain that preface this before I say anything there is nothing to report and I was like debating on whether even say anything uh before it's official but why not we're here right it doesn't make a difference i'm telling you nothing's official uh i'm taking a trip to miami this monday and i'm heading down there to uh meet with a few people now this is a project that is a uh, that i possibly may be uh taking an involvement in and uh it would have me moving down to miami in uh probably a couple of months maybe right around the time of that cruise that i have scheduled and uh it's a project that is on ocean drive in uh south beach and it is a partnership with my company my boss and uh the notorious king of norwegian cruising mr 305 mr worldwide pitbull for a uh, lounge kind of lounge restaurant bar very very beautiful i saw some of the the drawings the schematics on this thing and it looks like it's going to be a i mean a next level project beautiful beautiful facility uh two or three bars uh two levels right on uh, the corner of um ocean drive and i don't know the other street but it's right basically uh within a few steps of that Versace mansion on south beach and uh i'm going down there to check it out and it is a i would say at least a 50 percent chance that i'm gonna maybe do it i got a few things that I have to decide. We have to cross a few T's, dot a few I's, and uh, you know, I'm gonna see the the the, the construction has started on it, and uh, I'm gonna check it out. And it is out there for me probably to uh, maybe see if I want to jump in and, and and grab hold of it. Um, and yeah, man, it really is an exciting thing. It's a it's you could check it out. It's already uh, been sneak previewed in a lot of the Miami publications. It's supposed to be called I Love 305. And uh, it's going to be dubbed as Pitbull's Lounge, Restaurant, you know, whatever you want to call it. And uh, it's going to be a big project. And um, it, it's it's a possibility that I may be moving to Miami in a couple of months and overseeing that project. So I will keep you posted on that. I'm going down Miami. I will probably know by the end or middle of next week whether or not it is going to happen. There's a few things. I mean, as far as the project goes, it's a no-brainer. I would love to jump on it. Really challenging, really cool, really high profile, and I would love to do it. But again, I'm home right now. You know, I'm in New York City. Family, friends. You know, when I was in Orlando, I really enjoyed myself down there, but I didn't really, you know, it was. It was It was like I didn't reach out. I didn't I didn't know anybody down there before I got there, so it was more like, you know, I was immersing myself and always be booked, immersing myself in work. Here I'm among friends, I'm among family, I'm home, I'm with my people. Going back down to Miami, you know, not that there would be any time or so to really have much of a social life with a project like this. Uh, You know, you're walking away from all that stuff. So there are a few things to consider, and uh, as you get older, uh, being around friends, being around family becomes more of a priority. And, uh, 
what else? I guess that's enough for an introduction ramble. And uh, let's get into some cruise news. All right, so let's start with the Carnival Glory. She got a nice makeover recently. You may have remember the Carnival Glory from my interview with Chris, that being the cruise ship he almost got arrested on. Anyway, she's in the middle of a seven-day dry dock and is currently being upgraded with the Guy's Burger Joint. She's going to get the Red Frog Rum Bar, the Blue Iguana Cantina Bar, uh, Bonsai Sushi Express, and they rebranded the deli at the aft part of the ship as well. For a final cherry on top, they added a cherry on top. Okay. (laughs) Most of my puns are bad. That one was kind of uh, extra bad. The Carnival Glory is on the older side of the fleet, but remains a popular ship among cruisers who are looking for a good deal on a short cruise out of Miami. Uh, They're also adding a few new cabin classes, including a scenic ocean view stateroom and some 820 square foot captain suites, which will offer a larger balcony. Uh, Two bathrooms, a living room space that is separate from the sleeping quarters. Uh, The glory glory goes to Nassau, Half Moon Key, Key West, and Cozumel right now. Okay, while we're talking about Carnival Glory, earlier this week she made her way to St. Thomas. This is significant because this is the first Carnival ship to call in St. Thomas since the hurricanes hammered the island in September. Many more Carnival ships will head back to St. Thomas this month, but as I said, this is the first one. So uh, that's cool. That's a big step. Did you guys know that Senior Frogs in St. Thomas was destroyed? I just spoke at length to uh, my friend Tara, who was a server over at Senior Frogs. Congratulations, Tara. She just had a baby. This is when you know you're getting old. Uh, Your former drunken guacamole destroying tableside servers at Senior Frogs on St. Thomas are uh, who you stay in touch with are in Cincinnati having babies. Uh, this is this is <laughs> it's depressing. But uh St. Thomas was destroyed, man. That that is actually sad. That's a piece of uh cruising history history for me that has died with it. We have had some absolute wonderful, amazing times that we remember and some that we don't remember in St. Thomas and uh, that's actually that hits home a little bit the the fact that St. Thomas Senior Frogs is destroyed I don't know if there's any plans she told me that uh, there are no plans at this point to you know rebuild it and reopen it but um, you know Hopefully all the people that worked there landed on their feet. They got other jobs. There's a lot of other things and exciting possibilities opening up for uh, tourism uh, opportunities in St. Thomas. And hopefully they all landed on their feet. But, uh, man, little moment of silence for Senior Frogs in St. Thomas. Okay, now, moving on. What the hell is going on with the Carnival Triumph? Uh, honestly, right now, to me, you got to be out of your mind to get on this floating curse at sea. <laughs> We all remember that story. They called it the poop cruise when it was dead in the water after the engine failure like six years back or so. Lost all power on the ship and it had to be tugged back to shore. Uh, Meals had to be choppered in via helicopter. And uh, every guest on that ship, you have to think they probably swore off cruising for good. Uh, This year she has already failed a CDC inspection by getting a 78 out of a possible 100 on her inspection and that is apparently eight points short of a passing grade apparently there are a couple of carnival cruise ships that were also quite not up to par 
from a compliance standpoint this year. The Vista had issues, and uh, so did the Carnival Paradise. And I think the Breeze did as well. Honestly, you know, we're, we're making light a little bit, but it's, it sounds a lot way worse than it is. Very often, they are extremely hard on the staff on these cruise ships, and uh, the CDC is really, really trying to set an example sometimes. Again, yeah, you got to keep your ship clean. You got to keep the conditions up to par. The maintenance has to be taken care of. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times they'll just look at a few things and, all right, you know what, a, a tile in a kitchen is missing or, you know, something falls or something. A lot of times things just happen. Think about how big these cruise ships are. You got to go from almost like painting a bridge where you got to make sure everything's the right way it should be. And, you know, walking through the ship and kind of inspecting everything. By the time you even get to the end of the ship, something could have fallen off or fallen apart from where you had previously started. Um, uh, the Triumph, good news, has already bounced back, and it did get a 98% on her second inspection. And I guarantee you there weren't probably even any many major changes that they did. I think Carnival does a great job overall in terms of cleaning, in terms of keeping up maintenance on their ships. Uh, you can see it firsthand when you sail. Uh, I wouldn't let a fruit fly sighting or just some misplaced rags keep you from sailing on these ships. But, yeah, that Carnival Triumph, man. It really, really seems like it is a little snake bit and has, you know, the Carnival Triumph and the Splendor, you know, seems to, they've had some bad luck and, uh, you know, maybe keep an eye out for it. Speaking of Triumph, she is apparently doing an East Coast tour over the next couple of years. She was uh, a mainstay for a very long time in New Orleans to the point where she probably even started to develop a New Orleans accent. Guys, I'm sorry, man. I don't know what to tell you. They just come out of me, these bad freaking jokes. Uh, First Carnival Triumph will spend uh, the month of April cruising out of Port Everglades in the Orlando area. They'll do a uh, few four- and five-night cruises to the Bahamas. And then from there, she's going to head up to Norfolk, Virginia, and do a few sailings from there early to mid-May. Then... Oh, boy. She's headed this way to the Big Apple on May 23rd, 2019, and she will be doing some long weekend cruises to the Baham- uh, I'm sorry, to the Bermuda and as well as some extended itineraries, including a 10-day Eastern Caribbean cruise and, get this, a 14 14- you get on a 14-day cruise on the Triumph, you're getting exactly what you deserve. <laughs> She's doing a 14-day cruise, a journey cruise that will give you a little taste of the Panama Canal. So next year will be a busy year. For the Carnival Triumph, and let's all collectively hope that she is up for the task. Moving around a lot. All right, so this is big news. Carnival laid the keel for a new ship, uh, and they're calling it the Carnival Panorama. I've seen them get a lot of heat for the name. People are giving them a hard time for the name. Um, I don't know. I mean, how many names are there out there? It's Panorama. It's not a great name, but uh, I don't know. You can call it the Carnival Sanitation for all I care, as long as it's a new ship. And not just the uh, 115th dry dock for a Carnival 2.0 refurb. Um, I don't know. Anyway, the laying of the keel is basically a ceremony which celebrates the start of construction on a new seaworthy vessel. In other words, shit just got real. Uh, Good news for those of us currently in the New York City metropolitan area. Uh, We got the Triumph, which is, you know, okay, we'll take it, but... Uh, we also got the Norwegian Bliss headed our way, one of new, uh, Nor- Norwegian Cruise Line's biggest, baddest, and newest ships ever will be based in New York for the 2019-2020 winter season. 
Bliss is a part of that Breakaway Plus class and is a direct sister ship of the Joy. Uh, these are those ships that have the go-kart track at the top deck. Do you guys like that idea? Norwegian, to me, already has a notoriously small Lido deck, and uh, then they decide it's a good idea to congest things even more by slapping a speedway up there. Who knows? It might be fun. Um, I don't know. The Bliss and the Joy, are they They're technically Norwegian breakaway plus class ships but i wonder are they really technically sister ships of the escape since the escape is a little bit better than the breakaway and the getaway but it also doesn't have the go-kart track or maybe some of the other amenities that the joy and the bliss have i don't know i feel like they kind of they got three different types of ships in one class not sure oasis did that a little bit in royal caribbean where um the harmony is technically an Oasis class ship, but it does have the technological advancements and a lot of the uh, updated modern features of the Quantum class. Anyway, um, I think this might be the biggest ship ever to sail out of New York City, won't it? Uh, unless those Quantum ships are bigger. I don't know. Let's take a look. Are the Quantum class ships bigger or are... Wow! Okay. The Bliss is set to be 168,880 gross tons. And the Quantum class ships are 168,666 gross tons. That's like, wow, that is close. You get a few of the wrong passengers on a particular sailing, and you can shift the uh, parameter on that one way or another, can't you? Uh all right, so before we spoke about Brantley Gilbert, the country theme cruise and how much we love theme cruises, there was one that made the news last week. A theme cruise uh, chartered on Norwegian called Holy Ship. It's basically an EDM music festival at sea. Uh, you know, they, I mean, these are nut jobs. These are people who are trying to get on the ship with uh, Molly and uh, Ecstasy and stuff like that. And it's just one of those kind of like DJ driven it's almost like the uh, groove cruise type thing so you can imagine the young nut jobs that are getting on this ship well anyway there were some signs that were posted all over the ship and it looked really official it used like all this official language it was talking about the food and the dining options that are available on the ship and where everything was and then it went on to warn passengers not ready are you ready for this to not have sex with the pizza and you're looking, it looks like you're getting this from officially from Norwegian. It also cited previous incidents of guests actually trying to have sex with the pizza. And we're hoping to not repeat this, so please don't have sex with the pizza. Now, people were really confused by this. It made the news. It was like, what the hell? Are they kidding me? This is no wheel. Upon further investigation, it was revealed that this was a prank by one of the passengers on the Holy Ship Festival. All I have to say is, uh, <laughs> well played, sir or ma'am. Well played. Meanwhile, if my buddy Chris got that letter, he'd be like, damn, okay, well, all right, there goes that idea. That's, that's crossed that one off the list. Anyway, all right, that's the news for this week. Let's get into the main topic of the show, which is entertainment. On the big three cruise lines. Hey. 
All right. So as we said before, the main topic of this show is going to be entertainment on the big three cruise lines. Now, one of the main aspects of evaluation for any cruise is how good is the entertainment when i get on this ship are they going to really entertain me is it going to be fun is it going to how are the show's going to be how's the music going to be how's the comedians going to be and uh i just wanted to do a little bit of a uh i guess analysis on the big three and how all each of their approach you know for better or for worse there is on the onboard entertainment aspect of cruising so Let's get into it. We'll get this party started by talking about general philosophy about the big three. And we'll start with Carnival. Carnival is the original, quote-unquote, let's say it together, fun ship. Uh, So the inception of the fun ship title, to me, I think goes back to when cruising had more of a formal feel. People use words like regimented uh, to overly formal. So Carnival stepped in, and I think they saw a little bit of an opportunity there to try to loosen things up uh, by dubbing themselves the fun ship. Uh, you know, they have the uh, reason why they were called the fun ship is because on one of their, if not their maiden voyage, and I may be butchering this story a little bit, but the Carnival, I believe it was the, uh, uh, what was it? The Not the Paradise of the festival, the, what was the original carnival ship? It's blocked. I'm going to block right now. That's right, the Carnival Mardi Gras. So the story goes the ship ran aground and it was stuck on a bed of rocks and, you know, nobody knew what to do. It was like, you know, this is supposed to be this big, huge venture, venture with this new cruise line and they had such high hopes and here we are, the ship has run aground and there's nobody going anywhere. So they said that one of the charismatic or maybe uh, – on their toes, thinking bartenders or whatever, started banging out these drinks. And uh, they were all on the rocks, and they kind of somehow worked the fact that the drinks were on the rocks, uh, kind of uh, using the play on words to the fact that, you know, they were stuck on rocks as well. And they had a blast. Everybody let their hair down, made the best of a si- uh, bad situation. And then that's how they kind of got dubbed the fun ship, or so legend says. So fun. Fun is a nice word because it can mean so many different things to so many different people, you know, but depending upon what kind of fun you want to have. You can apply it to the kids who are encouraged to make friends, you know, enjoy the kids clubs, the water parks, the slides, just basically just have fun and don't be afraid to be kids which is an antithesis to a lot of what the other cruise lines might do where everything has to be prim and proper uh you know they like to see children and take on more of a you know behaved little adult types of personification children are to be seen and not heard you know you're more of like uh cruising wasn't necessarily built around children's entertainment fun can also mean the same thing for grown-ups as well though you don't always have to come to dinner in a three-piece suit there are now nightclubs and comedy shows that cater to adults and in some cases show them more mature in terms of comedy and that are absolutely not suitable for kids whatsoever and the same goes for their major production shows as well the gist of it is is that Carnival fancies itself as the let-your-hair-down cruise line that lets you loosen up and lets you be you. Now, we have said this before, and it's like sports in general. We talk about the copycat game. Uh, when one cruise line catches fire with something and seems to be a hit, the others usually follow suit. Uh, maybe call it something else, and, you know, some cases you can consider that maybe just the evolution of the industry as a whole. While Carnival may have been the originator in casual dining, Norwegian 
Cruise Line <clears throat> actually raised the bar when they brought freestyle to the table. While freestyle mostly refers to dining, it does carry over into other areas of cruising, uh, the experience as a whole in the form of uh, wearing whatever you want, coming and going as you please, wherever you'd like to throughout the ship. And so once they loosened things up with the dress code, the entertainment and the party followed suit as well. Norwegian is a cruise line that really does know how to have a good time. And I would have to say that they take a backseat to absolutely no one when it comes to, forgive me, Carnival, for using the term, fun. Uh, it's funny, you know, Carnival, you can't, you can't. You can't monopolize and claim the word fun. It is, uh, while it is kind of like you call yourself the fun ship, faster to the fun, fun times, this and that, fun is still a very, very broad word, and I'm sorry, you cannot monopolize that word. All right, let's get into Royal Caribbean's general philosophy to round out the big three. It, uh, Royal Caribbean takes entertainment to a whole nother level, but honestly, in a different way. It may not be as much in the way of crazy parties or foul-mouthed comedians, but Royal Caribbean goes highbrow and they lay down the big bucks and very often their main productions are musicals that you've actually seen on broadway like norwegian and carnival they also do a great job with groups with singles um parents kids alike uh so let's break it down uh into, it's going to be, I guess maybe we'll break it down into a few headings. As you know, on this show, it's mostly about the big three, and you know that's who's going to get the main focus on this. And uh, let's uh, let's get this party started and go go over, I guess, category by category in entertainment, what each cruise line brings to the table. We're going to talk major production shows. We're going to talk roving bands. We'll talk soloists, comedy, fun on deck, and uh, you know just some general stuff. As a whole. All right, let's start with main production shows. Now, I've been on a decent amount of cruises, and what I have to tell you is that it's not like I've been cruising for that long. I took my first cruise in 2011, and I can't believe, just in that short a period of time, how much the industry has changed. When I went on my first carnival cruise, the main theater had a juggling unicycle comedian. Uh, surprisingly, those still are a hit, but you know, it pretty much kind of carried the weight of the entertainment as far as the main theater shows. Uh, they had the crooner-type singer giving you a wide range of standards, and then they had like a main Broadway-style production show. These Broadway production shows, to me, uh, I would, wouldn't call them bad, but let's just call them pedestrian, meaning you really aren't missing anything if you don't catch them, if you really got, you know, that bug to catch some Broadway style entertainment, you know, go ahead, check it out, you know, take it in. But, um, you know, you'd have some really good music, you'd have decent singing and dancing, but not a whole lot of imagination would be put into the actual show itself. Uh, let's just call them missable. This definitely still goes on, but, uh, many ships over the past few years have done whatever they can to kind of step up their game in this regard. Now, let's start with the breadwinner. In this category, we're going to have to go with easy, easy Royal Caribbean, especially on those mega ships. When you're sailing on some of the older class of ships, you'll, they'll still bring you what you might call the generic form of stage shows. Uh, I, I mentioned before, though, Royal Caribbean really does it well. If you find yourself booked on either an Oasis-class ship or a Quantum-class ship, your entertainment experience is going to be on another level. First of all, the Quantum-class ship, 
you have that 270 lounge, which is definitely a bucket list cruise experience item that I want to, you know, get to eventually before it's all said and done. It's that room at the aft part of the ship, which is a multi-use venue. It goes from daytime hangout slash cafe to uh, it's like basically a nightclub at night uh, and then to sort of a main theater room. It's got a panoramic two, I think it's two or three stories. Uh, The window is basically three stories high. In one minute, it gives you a sick view of the horizon and the ship's wake. And then in the next minute, it becomes a giant projection screen that can display a multitude of different scenes. They show like, you know, they'll, they'll show you an aquatic scene. So it looks like you're in a giant aquarium. They'll also give you cool stuff like a forest at night in a lightning storm. Um, what makes this so cool is the sheer size of the thing and the lifelike uh, image quality. You also have the five robotic dancing monitors that hang from the ceiling, and they kind of act like a centerpiece to the whole room. Uh, the screens are ultra smart. They have the same ridiculous high-quality video, and they're actually set to move and dance, if you will, to the music that's playing. Honestly, 270 Lounge is really something that is pointless to try to describe. I mean, I can try, but uh, I just got this feeling that you got to if you just check out some YouTube and uh, videos like that and maybe that'll kind of give you an idea of what it must be like to experience that in person. But like most most things in photographs and on video, I kind of feel like you get there and just like I mean, it's going to be overwhelming. Sort of like the Meraviglia on uh, MSC, you could tell and shout out to Emma from Emma Cruises. Uh, she was recently on a uh, Meraviglia voyage and I kind of got what she was saying. You ever drive by a sunset and you try to you want to get a picture of a sunset and it just the picture's not doing it justice. Same thing with that what do they call it? And they have like kind of like a take on the Royal Caribbean uh, Grand Promenade. I don't know what they call it on MSC, but they kind of emulate that except for the whole ceiling is like a little bit of a dome cathedral type ceiling and that the entire thing is LED screens. And just scene after scene I can imagine that you know as many pictures as you see of that thing, it doesn't do it justice to, as to as, as opposed to when you're actually in, you know there in person. Anyway, I mentioned that to say there's some really cool Royal Caribbean original production shows that go on in that room, the 270 Lounge we're talking about. And aside from the real live actors, it looks to me like the technology in the room is really what they base the show around. Another thing Royal Caribbean has done. And no, they're not the only ones to have done this, but they're the cruise lines that have done this the most, is that they've taken real Broadway shows and put them on their ships. And I'm not talking one year or so runs that they can kind of get it at a discounted rate. I'm talking major critically acclaimed productions. Some of them include Grease, Hairspray, Mamma Mia, Cats, Saturday Night Fever, a few others. I don't know the numbers, but aside from the production itself, getting the license to even perform these shows must be through the roof, no? Um, So yeah, Royal Caribbean spares no expense when it comes to this stuff, and I'd have to say that the main theater production shows are, if, if that's really your thing and that's why you're cruising, Royal Caribbean is the cruise line for you in that regard. All right, so let's move it over from the main theater production standpoint over to Carnival. Now, this is interesting because on Carnival, this has to be the best example of the cruise line that has gotten its act together since I started in cruising in 2011. Again, none of it was bad, just basic 
as the kids like to say now. You're listening to me now trying to use the young people's vernacular. It's, it, it's, like, a, it's like a prison I'm in because the bar I run gets flooded with these young people at night. My staff is all youngish and, you know, this, this is how they talk. You know, they work these words into the general conversation with me, and this is what I hear all, all the time. And, you know, I got I to gotta make a decision. Do I adapt to the young people's vernacular and the words, you know, or do I just, you know, t- talk like a regular 42-year-old, you know? I'll get a bartender coming up to me, Tommy, taste this new drink I made. It's fire. And, uh, you know, of course, I'll grab it, give it a taste, and uh, <laughs> what am I supposed to say back? Yes, Jimmy, fire indeed. In fact, might I go so far as to say dope? Anyway, Carnival. So the first two Carnival cruises I went on, it was the standard decades show that, you know, just showcases music through the ages and generic songs from each period. You know, they'd be matched with similar set designs and costumes. Then on the other nights, it would be someone on a giant tricycle dropping bowling pins while they're playing a harmonica or whatever the hell they're doing. Uh, Carnival introduced something new to the table recently, and this is I thought this is a good thing. And now it does get mixed reviews. I've heard people kind of feel like, eh, on it as well. I think you got to kind of manage your expectation, to be honest with you. But um, some people, like I said, it's still not anything to get excited about. But for me, it's a huge step up. Now, they don't go out and commission major well-known Broadway productions. Uh, but a few years ago, they did revamp the program and introduced what they call Playlist Productions. Now, I love the name, first of all. If you want to improve something and you want to, quote-unquote, make it a thing, you got to give it a name. And what Playlist Productions is is a full treat to all your senses in a Broadway-style show. They have, uh, they've upgraded the energy. They've upgraded the talent, and, and, and they've added more dynamic lightning, more uh, dynamic choreography, modern music. Uh, let's keep things in perspective, though. The narratives and scripts are not going to have you on the edge of your seat wondering how it ends. But from time to time, uh, you will go and stumble into a, a playlist production show, and they're throwing tons of stuff at you. My favorite one was called Epic Rock. Now, clearly, they took a little bit of an, let's call it, inspiration from Rock of Ages, which is a real Broadway show. But what I can say, and uh, you can take this however you want, uh, I actually wasn't dying for the thing to end. I also think, and this may be just perception, that it felt like it was significantly shorter so if you're on a carnival cruise definitely check out the main theater productions when they're showing a uh, playlist production performance Uh, another component of carnival's main theater production shows that we have to address is something they started a few years ago called carnival live this is where they get musical acts or comedians you've actually heard of to pop on the ship while it's in port and perform for about an hour uh, acts they've gotten in the past to do this were people like Tim McGraw. They've actually gotten like Journey, Styx, uh, comedians Jay Leno, Chris Tucker, many others. I was actually on board for a Carnival Live performance by Sam Hunt, who is a kind of a crossover country act right now. And I got to tell you, uh, these things are gold. It really gives you a chance to enjoy some of your favorite artists in an intimate setting while in the middle of an amazing vacation. Definitely check out Carnival Live's lineup on their website. If you guys listen to Cruise Radio, as I've mentioned on this show a bunch of times, you've heard Doug Parker interview Jay Leno. It was actually a great interview. Definitely a nice changeup from having to listen to how the Carnival fascination behaves itself on sea days for the 119th time. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Let's talk Norwegian. 
So here we have a bit of a hybrid. Like Royal Caribbean, Norwegian offers some actual real-life Broadway shows as well. They did have Rock of Ages and Legally Blonde. But what they do a lot of times is take a shot at really putting on their own original Broadway-style productions that are way more theme and plot-driven than any of the original performances done on the uh, playlist productions by Carnival. Uh, The only thing is that it's not quite Broadway level. And while you have to respect the effort and you love the fact that they're attempting to bring this to the table, let's face it, it's a pretty ambitious task to try to handle. Uh, Putting together a full-length Broadway show has to be pretty tough and, you know, few, few people in this world can actually hold your attention with that and give Norwegian a lot of credit for taking a shot at it. Uh, but having you kind of sit through these things from start to finish can, you know, so they got some hits and they got some misses. If you're a lover of all things song and dance, you may have an appreciation for this. For me, I'm not a huge Broadway guy in general. I'm not a hater by any stretch, but to keep my attention, it's got to be pretty damn good. Or else, just give me 45 minutes of cool music, lights, costumes, and dance like Carnival does. Some of the original productions Norwegian has done were shows like uh, For the Record, which is a take on the John Hughes slash Brat Pack era movies of the 80s. You guys know what I mean. Pretty in pink, St. Elmo's Fire, things like that. I saw a good portion of it, and i got to be honest, I wasn't in love with it. There was a really talented female performer that she was absolutely mind-boggling. It was like she was a good actor, very pretty girl, and just a voice. I mean, just a very powerful voice. And she was kind of keeping me into it for a while, but... That was really it. It was also kind of dirty. You know me. I am By no means am I uptight when it comes to my entertainment. But this thing is not really billed as an adult thing. They give you the whole warning at the beginning. You know, there's going to be bad language and things like that. But it kind of has like a cartoony feel. It kind of throwback 80s. And all right, maybe you'll have a, you know, a shit or an ass or something like that will be said. No big deal. But, you know, that's what you think when you see the warning. But there were a lot of F-bombs. It was kind of like, you know, it was borderline nudity in this thing. And when you're on a cruise and it's billed as a fun musical, I think it's better just to leave that stuff out. I mean, unless it was really bringing something to the performance. Now, if you're going to do a Broadway show that kind of emulates a war documentary or a mob type thing or whatever, I get it. But if you're doing like high school trials and tribulations and kind of like give it like a fun, colorful atmosphere – This show could have been just as good with all that stuff. You don't need to be yelling the F word in a theater with kids on a cruise ship. Is is that weird to hear me say that type of thing? Hope you guys understand. Now, I know to go to a comedy show, I'm expecting that. But, you know, just the theater, time and place. And again, it didn't add anything to it. You could tell it was just kind of trying to be gratuitously racy just to be racy. And, you know, nobody wins in that scenario. Another show they have is called After Midnight, which is based on the Cotton Club days back in Harlem. You know, lots of jazz, tap dancing, uh, speakeasy type stuff. Very entertaining, but like a lot of song and dance. And, you know, it it was cool to watch. It just didn't blow me away. And as far as Broadway style stuff, I need good quality stuff. Another thing Norwegian does that I do sign off on is commission land based entertainment like. Blue Man Group and Cirque du Soleil. Um, I just say, you know, those are just the pros. Leave leave that stuff to the pros or just do what Carnival does and try to throw a lot of glamour glitz, you know, uh, strobe lights, costumes, and get me out of there within 45 minutes. That's what I'm looking for in the Broadway-type shows. So that's basically the three major cruise lines from a main theater production standpoint. 
let's move on to general music, roving bands, and roving st- soloists. So let's start with who I think does this the absolute best, and that is none other than Norwegian Cruise Line. Whether you are on the Escape or the Gem, it seems to me that Norwegian puts a lot into making sure you have a good musical experience all around the ship in every corner. Not that the other cruise lines don't do it at all, but to me, Norwegian goes the extra mile. There's a system to it, in my opinion, where Carnival will gladly put a DJ, Norwegian will have a band. Let me explain. On any Norwegian cruise I've ever taken, there has always been a standard five or six piece band that is what you would call the mainstream top 40 style band. They can do anything from the Beatles to, let's say, Kanye West. They usually have a male and a female vocalist, lead vocalist, just for versatility, and they do a great job to, I'd say, varying degrees, emulating all these original artists that I'm mentioning. Uh, Let me ask, what is it about Filipinos? Is it like, uh, what's going on over there? Is it like, I'm not only to stereotype, but it just seems like they are just, over-the-top musically talented. They can play everything. They can sing everything. I remember my first cruise. Are you guys familiar with the song Eruption from Van Halen? Uh, as a matter of fact, it's not a long song. Let me let me give you a little taste here. It's uh, it's actually just a guitar, guitar solo. Uh, Eddie Van Halen is forever known as one of the most innovative guitar players in the history of the world. You have your Jimi Hendrixes and your Eric Claptons who may or may not have a little bit of a higher stature on the hierarchy of where you'd list the guitar players. But it's pretty uh, not unarguable that Eddie Van Halen took the whole speed guitar thing to a whole new level and then a slew of heavy metal guitar players starting doing it as well. But, um, you know, as far as the finger tapping and the speed licks, he was pretty much the originator. Take a listen to this. I'm going to play Eruption for you. And this is kind of like one of the, maybe the song that kind of let you know that Eddie Van Halen was doing things with the guitar that at that time nobody had really done. Yeah! <laughs> 
Alright, so now I'm on the Lido deck of the Carnival Miracle. It was a deck party night, but it wasn't what you would actually call rocking. In fact, there were so few people at this deck party that the people sitting in the seats, you know, the, the periphery seats that are on the either, either side of the pool in that covered area that's still on the Lido deck, but you're actually in a seating area, uh, they, they, were, they were sitting there and they were yelling at the people on the dance area to the stage to sit down so they could see. Like, yeah, we're trying to see the show. Sit down. The people on the dance floor yelling, like, what are you talking about? This is a deck party. We're going to stand. You want to see the band, you get your ass out of the chair and get up. They're like, no, sit down. We want to see from here. So that's that's the type of energy of the deck party that I'm talking about. Anyway, this very short, unassuming, and seemingly kind of emotionless Filipino guitar player all of a sudden walks up to the front grabs his guitar, and plays a note-for-note version of Van Halen's Eruption, what you just heard. And I'm going to tell you, I almost shit myself right there on the spot. I could not believe what I was hearing. It, it made me wonder, are these kids over in the Philippines giving, are they, are, they, are, they, are they giving instruments at birth? Is somebody telling them, listen, take this guitar. Someday you're going to work on a cruise ship. I mean, if you don't believe me, Steve Perry, you guys know Steve Perry, legendary singer of Journey. Uh, you know, Journey, right? Don't Stop Believing, Oh Sherry, so many huge hits. He decided he was done singing, he was done touring, and he basically left the band. And uh, the band still wants to go on, so what are they going to do? They uh, they got to replace him. They find some Filipino karaoke singer, and... This is this is a true story. They did a Netflix documentary on it. You can check it out. Um, and he killed it. And he's just as good, if not some say better, than Steve Perry singing Journey songs and No Harm, No Foul. They're all over the world doing tours again. Uh, sorry, I got off topic there. Back to Norwegian. So they have the roving uh, top 40 bands that's multifaceted. And they're able to be used in many different venues and you know, many very different formats for many different occasions. They also have the solo piano player, and he's also a singer. They also have the guitar player, who's also a singer. And uh, very often they have the roving island band that specialize in some sort of a combination of reggae or Latin beats. I've seen it be sometimes just exclusive reggae music. And then I've seen some of them can they can cross over into from reggae into the salsa. Either way, let's just call it a Caribbean island type of band that usually is, but not exclusively used on the Lido deck for daytime sunbathing and you know act, activities during the day and uh, or, or evening, just kind of like they're 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 kind of you know not necessarily that you're going to have heard of every song that they play, but they're going to be more ambient. They're going to have the steel drums and this and that. Another element Norwegian has added as of late uh, is Howl at the Moon. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Howl at the Moon. This is a land-based venue, sort of a chain type of a situation, and it's a dueling piano bar that. I don't know, it kind of takes it to another level. If you haven't done this and you don't work in a bar for a living, this is definitely a can't miss. You have two piano players, a lot of times a drummer, some other pieces uh, going back and forth. They sing popular standards, and they get the crowd involved as well. They'll have the place rocking. They use the audience members sometimes in their act, like if somebody's getting engaged or you know somebody's birthday, they'll bring them up on stage and they'll sing song parodies that kind of like sometimes they're disgusting and they'll kind of really kind of roast whoever's celebrating the birthday or getting married. And they're pretty hysterical. If you haven't seen them before, it's, it's a really great concept. Um, and that's what Norwegian 
has put on a lot of their newer mega ships. Uh, they've commissioned uh, how the name brand Howl at the Moon. What they probably really do is not getting Howl at the Moon employees. They probably use the name and then had Howl at the Moon kind of come aboard the ship at some point and explain to their regular main theater entertainers how to kind of do it. And, you know, professional musicians have just, you know, to varying degrees, like I said, have an ability to kind of emulate that. And it's a great time. Um, Royal Caribbean and Carnival also have live bands on their ships, but I don't know. I feel like they often are a little skimpy on the whole experience and don't have as much in the way of live music entertainment throughout the ship as Norwegian seems to. I know Carnival loves to supplement the DJ in many of those situations, and quite honestly, it's uh, it's not a DJ a lot of times. I know they promote their association with Miami's DJ Irie, and very often on deck and in the clubs, you know, they'll have a good DJ out there mixing and doing their thing. But also, they'll mix in some random members of the entertainment staff. I've seen them do, and uh, you could tell they, these they're just you know you'll hear some scratching and you hear some mixing, but you could tell by the way they're standing there, they're just basically pushing stop and play and playing recorded mixes and things like that. A big part of the roving musician scene on any cruise ship is the sing-along piano bar or some type of variation of this. To me, this is all Carnival Cruise Line. The one thing I do like about Carnival is that most of its venues, they're actually set up like a brick-and-mortar venue that you actually have to open a door and walk into versus Norwegian Cruise Line where the venues very often share a common area Well with each other and are an open they they play to an open deck of the ship. Royal Caribbean seems to toe the line on this. They don't necessarily have an open air venue where you have a couple of different bar and liquor stands, you know, like a like a bar city situation on a lot of the Norwegian older ships. They will have separate venues, but they're kind of like they flow into the Royal Promenade. You'll be able to walk in and out of them very easily. You'll hear the music kind of going. So as opposed to Carnival, where you actually have to open a door and close it behind you, and now all of a sudden you're in the piano bar. I kind of like that because it does give you that on-land experience. Like They take a lot of pride in what this particular venue is uh, as opposed to Norwegian. All right, let's slap this bar up here, put a sign on it, call it Martini Bar, slap this up over here. This is the Champagne Bar. This is Whiskey Row. And really it's just a series of bars and when you get your drink and you walk away, you're walking into the same kind of common area. And uh, they also a lot of times do this with the piano bar as well. You know, um, Royal Caribbean does have the schooner bar, which is a venue for the piano player. Um, and But it is, like I said, a little bit open air and you're kind of walking by it and you can't miss it as opposed to the closed door situation on carnival where what happens in the piano bar stays in the piano bar type thing and then like i said norwegian they just do it in a common area all right that's the roving entertainment let's move on and let's talk about some comedy let's talk about the funny to me this is probably the widest margin of any win on any cruise line i could think of in one category whatsoever Carnival's Punchliner Comedy Club is way above anything else you will see on a cruise ship from a comedy standpoint. They do a few shows a night, and a little advice, you do have to get there early. There is a family-friendly show uh, early, and they do a few no-holds-barred shows late at night. They do an amazing job of making sure everyone knows that this is not for the easily offended, and yet you're going to hear some pretty off-color, non-politically correct type stuff. Um, 
I'll just share this story. You can take this however you want, and uh, we'll tell the line here a little bit. But uh, it was absolutely hysterical. My first Carnival Cruise Line comedy experience. We go down there at that time. You know, we we, we sit down, and uh, is this older, maybe late fifties comedian from Boston who really didn't give a shit what he was going to say. And this particular sailing did have, um, well, this let's just not the sailing. I would say the comedy show had a. <laughs> A large, uh, a, a large base of African Americans that were at the show, and uh, this guy was just a very heavily kind of crowd audience participation guy, and he was doing a lot of crowd work, asking questions, and you know they were kind of giving him a hard time back and forth, a little bit of uh, you know you might call it a, a little bit of a roasting back and forth or heckling situation, but he was handling it well. It was borderline contentious. But it wasn't. It didn't tow that line. It never got too far. But it was like about to, you know, the, it, some people didn't like what he was saying to them. And then he didn't like what some the, some of the people were saying back. And it got extra loud. And all of a sudden, the guy goes, holy crap, what did we do? <laughs> what did he say? He goes, what did we advertise this cruise in Jet Magazine? <laughs> and with that, that was the beauty of it because then he had them. Everybody started laughing, no matter what color you are. You know what? That's just a guy that just, you know what? Screw it. You know, do yourself a favor. Step away from a lot of this uh, politically correct stuff. And, you know, they, they, they <laughs> when he said that, everybody was high-fiving. Everybody was laughing. It was all kind of diffused from there. And then, uh, he, and then he made a kind of a point where after he said that, he just made a point and said, look at all the white people scared now, wondering what's going to happen next. And then, you know, they were sharing drinks afterwards. But anyway, Carnival to me is hands down the best stand-up comedy on any cruise line. They used to call it the George Lopez Punchliner Comedy Club. They dissolved their association with George Lopez. I don't know why. I don't know what happened. Maybe they uh, knew they had to get rid of him to make room for uh, Shaq five years later uh, and get him under the, car- the, the salary cap. But to me, most people will tell me that George Lopez had nothing to do with the comedy on the ship. Nothing to do with the booking. It was simply figurehead. Um, I guess that's true, but I don't know, man. I, my experience and what I've seen it was that it was just a little bit funnier when he was involved. Again, you know, we're not politically correct on this show, as we know. I do think there were more, you know, black and Latin comedians when it was under George Lopez. That was my observations. Maybe I just happened to be there on certain nights. And truth be told, that's what I saw. It was just they. The comedians would just be a little bit more off the cuff. Uh, they would have you belly laughing. It was still hyster- it's it's still hysterical now, but I've just noticed it to be a little bit more, I guess, mainstream, generic, cookie cutter type comedy. Uh, I don't know what would you call it. Just kind of like more jokey, just as opposed to messing with the crowd and all the stuff that used to go on. Um, I don't know. Am I, am I crossing it? I don't care. I'm not crossing any lines, right, racially. I mean, do yourself a favor. Embrace stereotypes. You know what I mean? We got to get over this stuff here. Let, let, let's, just, let's just put it out there. Koreans do nails. Greeks own diners. Filipinos are great musicians. <laughs> White people smell like bologna when it rains in August. Can we just move on? <laughs> anyway, it's still the funniest cruise line at sea. Norwegian is a little bit more alternative in terms of their comedy. They used to use Second City, and that's just like an improv group out of Chicago. Uh, Very famous, legendary group, but I don't know. If you guys are into the improv stuff, it's not as much of what I'm – I respect their talent, but I just feel like you have a lot of – 
when you say, oh, this is improv, you in your mind, you kind of allow for it to be just a little bit less funny just because you know they're admitting off the top that they're doing all this stuff off the top of their head. And meanwhile, who knows if they even are doing it off the top of their head. Um, uh, but what they have done recently, Norwegian, is upped their game. And they've aligned themselves with a group called Levity Entertainment Group. They have a great reputation and have a stable of some really funny comics. Uh, but they don't really enter the murky waters of offensiveness and no-holds-barred comedy that Carnival does. Um, if we're talking comedy on Norwegian, you, know, you can kind of throw the whole Howl at the Moon experience into it as well, the, the dueling piano thing, because even though it's technically a piano-slash-music act, part of the whole vibe is audience participation and some humor thrown in there as well. Like I said, though, Howl at the Moon is only offered on some Norwegian ships, like the Escape class and stuff like that. Uh, the I'm sorry, the Breakaway Plus class and things like that. Um, where there is no Howl at the Moon present, because that is a little bit of a different level, uh, I would definitely say Carnival has the best piano bar situation at sea. Um, all right, let's talk about comedy on Royal Caribbean. Actually, uh, let's not. Let, let, let's just move on from there. All right, so let's talk about fun on deck. Let's talk about the deck parties. To me, this is important. I'm a guy who loves to be outside on a cruise ship. I love to be under the stars. I love to be on the Lido deck at night. This is a serious battle in this category between Carnival and Norwegian. But I am going to have to give the slight edge to Norwegian when it comes to the deck parties. Um, let's talk quickly about what they do in Spice H2O. That's like anything else. Uh, that's unlike anything else, I should say, that is going on from a nightlife standpoint at sea. You're on the back of a cruise ship, and they are throwing a high-energy party that would literally rival some of the New York City nightclubs that I've seen. Um, talking about the layout, you're talking about the show, the LED screens, the DJ, and just the entertainment staff that gets into it from the cruise director, the uh, assistant cruise director, the dancers. They really know how to make a party go. And like I said, I've never seen a cruise ship do that well as far as throwing a party, you know, nightlife style party, you know, adult, you know, let's call it as the kids say, turned up style, lit energy party. Um, it's on a complete another level. In fact, I would actually take back what I said about Carnival's comedy being the highest disparity in terms of any level of entertainment category separating itself from the other cruise line. Uh, the, I, I would say if you're talking, if, if they had uh spice h2o fleet wide on norwegian then that would be the biggest thing the difference between norwegian deck parties and any other entertainment late night on any ship ship would be a greater disparity than carnival's comedy compared to any other ship um however they don't have them on they don't have spice to h2o on their entire fleet but i still feel like i'm gonna give norwegian the nod because the deck parties are still awesome. Like they do a deck party, if I'm not mistaken, for every single port day. And a lot of times they'll theme it out. Uh, like, you know, like going from, if, you, if you're on a Norwegian ship and you're going from San Juan to St. Thomas, they'll have a sail away deck party and it'll be a Latin theme coming out of Puerto Rico. And that's cool. You, you really, really kind of feel the vibe. It enhances the experience and you love it. Uh, they'll do a rock night. They'll do a Latin night. They'll do a club night. And uh, they go all out. While it may not be at Spice H2O level, it's still pretty fun. Uh, everyone is involved. 
the party is usually themed, as I said. The ba- and, and another thing is the band starts it out, and then the DJ takes over. It's an absolute blast. Carnival, I got to say, is right there with them. The energy is there. The only difference, I would say, is that there is no band. They go straight DJ, and they only do once well, like they only do it like once or twice throughout the cruise. You on a, maybe a six night sailing or lower, you'll have one deck party. Uh, but if there's uh, six or more, seven or more, you'll have two deck parties. Whereas Norwegian does it in every single port that you're uh, you're dealing with. But Carnival does a great job. This is an area where Royal Caribbean is extremely lacking. Now Royal Caribbean lacks it by design. And uh, another thing that Emma said when she was kind of reviewing her Royal Caribbean Independence of the Seas trip in her blog is that she was right. She kind of nailed it in that Royal Caribbean, you know, they're not obsessed with connecting you with the sea. Whereas, you know, the Carnival deck parties at night and the Norwegian deck party, you know, things at night, uh, Royal Caribbean spent so much time and energy and creativity building these promenades that that's where they're trying to drive you at night. So when the sun goes down, Royal Caribbean wants you inside. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of by design. But and you and you may love it, but for me, I like being outside as much as possible. And you can't create too many deck parties for me. And uh, you know, and, and, but there's something to be said with what Norwegian does. You know, they have the DreamWorks characters, and the calling card for for um, Royal Caribbean is that DreamWorks parade. And the DJ and the entertainment, and it's fun. It's a good time. But really, you kind of feel like you're partying in a shopping mall. And some people love it. For me, I prefer the deck parties. All right. So uh, during the day, let's move on to during the day. They're all fairly close, the three major lines, as far as what they offer from a fun during the day standpoint. Clearly, everybody likes the daytime on a cruise ship because you could have some drinks, you lay by the pool, you do some swimming. But what also is a component to what you're enjoying is what you know the entertainment value is while you're on deck during the day. Carnival, they'll do the mixology competition. They'll do the hairy chest competition. Norwegian, they do a Miss Norwegian competition or a female bicep competition. Royal Caribbean is probably the calmest and quietest of the three major cruise lines as far as on you know Lido deck daytime entertainment but they pick their battles and very often there will be a good time going on out there you'll have the guy hosting they'll do you know limbo competition or the you know stuff like that but many times on Royal Caribbean they'll be like hey and again by design as well we're not doing anything out here. We're just going to let you relax by the pool. We don't want to bother you. Maybe you don't want to have music blown in your face. Maybe you don't want to have high level, uh, uh, high energy level contests going on. So we're going to leave you alone. So they do their thing, but they choose their battles. Their entertainment is not constant. They bring it out in spurts. Carnival usually uses their DJ for the daytime. And recently I've noticed they kind of committed. They put an announcement out that they were going to kind of step up the game with the music and bring a lot more music to the table. And then I went on a Carnival. Carnival Cruise, and what I saw was that what that meant was they put a steel drum guy on the Lido deck uh, to play along with whatever song was playing by the DJ or from just the main house sound system. Uh, Norwegian, like I said, brings the heat. They're always having that Latin band out front. Sometimes they'll have the Top 40 band out there. Sometimes they'll have a soloist. They'll bring DJs to the table too, but Norwegian, again, just from a musical standpoint and an energy standpoint, Norwegian 
is the best at that stuff. And again, again, I don't sit there and say that one is better than the other because Royal Caribbean can't afford to put a band out there. They can't afford to put a DJ. It's not like they're trying to skimp or anything like that. They just have a different experience. They're not not giving you deck parties on purpose. They're saying, you know what? Your fun outside is from morning till dusk. We're trying to bring you inside because we have all these features that we think you're going to love inside. So it's really not a matter of who's better per se uh, in a lot of these categories. It's just a matter of personal preference. Guys, I would love to hear what you have to say about entertainment on the big three cruise lines. Give me some of the things that you think I'm wrong about, some of the things maybe that I left out, your experience on everything from the major production shows all the way down to the daytime uh, Lido Deck Entertainment. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Let's get into some emails. I got a condo in Manhattan. Baby girl, what's happening? You and your ass invited. So gonna get to clapping. Go pop a phone, pop, pop, pop it for me. Turn around and drop it for a plan. Drop it for me. I'll rent Hi, Tommy. This is a question I had to ask myself as a visitor to the USA. Which port should I depart from and why? An idea for a question to cover on one of your blog casts. When we booked, we really had no idea on what would be the best ports to depart, the must-do places to see, eat, at, etc. What we should do in each port, how many days to spend at the port city before or after the cruise. We did not know which ports the cruise lines used regularly in the USA. If we had all of this information in one blog, we may have made different choices. Cheers, Joe. Joe, so what did you end up going with? Where are you cruising out of? I'd love to know uh, what uh, what you decided. But having said that, and for the next one, really, I mean, I don't really know. That's a tough question to answer because it's all, again, personal preference. What I would say is the two that I would choose from would be either New York City or Miami for a couple of reasons. A, for New York City, I'll say New York City is the greatest city in the world, and spending a couple of days in New York City is, I mean, it's expensive, and it's congestive, but uh, it is, I mean, you can have anything you want. That's the best part of New York City, the energy that you just lives with, that just lives among you, and the fact that you could have anything you want at any time of the day, night, or evening. Some of the most richest areas of culture are there. You have na- a neighborhood for every walk of life pretty much in New York City. They're all spoken for. And uh, I just, New York City is amazing. The other reason for New York City is that from a cruise standpoint, it's as good as any sail away that there is. It We'll talk Miami in a second, but Miami and New York for different reasons. You know, I would edge it out for New York City just because that skyline is just amazing. Uh, but at the end of the day, also, if you want to cruise out of New York City, you have to remember that if you do it in the spring or the fall, you may be dealing with, you may or may not be dealing with some inclement weather for the first day or so of your cruise. So that's New York City. The other one, Miami. To me, Miami is amazing. It's also got a beautiful sail away. Let's remove the concrete jungle and the mass architectural wonders and replace that with just scenic just, I mean, just bliss, just palm trees, beaches, beautiful art deco condos. And then also in Miami, come on, you know what I mean? Vacation starts when you're in Miami. You're down there, you're in the sun, you're at the beach, you have uh, South Beach, you have Ocean Drive, you have all these beautiful things Miami has to offer as well. So 
you're asking me flat out, the two ports that you should probably consider sailing away from would be either New York City or Miami. And uh, if you have any more specific questions about any of those cities, email me back, Joe, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Okay, (laughs) this is a great one. Uh, It's to the point. It's almost an email, a listener email in the form of a haiku. Uh, as you know, short and to the point and no nonsense. And this is kind of talking about my discussion with Stu regarding the Brantley Gilbert country cruise. Very simply, here's the email start to finish. Ready? Interesting to listen to you. Didn't like feedback from Mike. I think Stu makes sense. Do not go on this music trip. <laughs> now, Barbara, I don't know if you wrote that meaning to be as dramatic as I read it, but it you seem like, A, you didn't like the feedback from the mic. Um, that makes sense. I get that. I agree with you, Barbara. I didn't like the feedback from the mic either. I did uh, let you guys know that that was a screw-up on my part. You know, This is self-produced, and uh, no excuses. It was just bad. I just not an excuse. And I agree with you, Barbara. That was bad. And then you said you think Stu makes sense. I think Stu makes sense as well. And then, but then you say, do not go on this music trip. Now, why can't I go, Barbara? Let me know. Write me back. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com, Barbara, and let me know why I am not to go on this music trip, even though I think it's going to be a great time. By the way, while I'm doing this podcast, I got my pre sale instructions on my earliest booking time. So uh, I'm pumped about that. We're in pre sale and we're ready to go. But uh, Barbara thinks I should not go on this music trip. Barbara, why? Barbara, it's a great time. Barbara, you should go on this music trip. Check it out. Uh, Sixthman.net and look under the Brantley Gilbert cruise. It is a great time. And uh, I don't know, man. I think I'm going to go, Barbara, despite your advice. We'll see. But Barbara, really, really thank you for uh, listening. I really appreciate the email. And keep listening. And uh, tell your friends. Give us a listen. All right, moving on. Uh, Hi, Tommy. I loved Doug Parker's Casabona joke at the end of the podcast a few weeks ago. I have a few topics I would love to hear. Uh, You did a portion a while back on 10 Tips to a Perfect Cruise where you spoke about getting settled in on embarkation day. Your tips and routine for a great embarkation. When you talk about workmanlike productivity, I about drive off the road laughing. How about a series over a few shows dealing with your tips, routines, and funny moments for various portions of a cruise in the same fashion you provided for embarkation. Uh, and then there's a list here. So uh, preparing for and going to dinner, the morning routine in port, the morning routine at sea, midday at sea, post-dinner tips, how to maximize the bars, club shows, and nightlife scene, last morning routine, standing in line to do business at the main desk, uh, Currently booked times two from one. One, thank you so much for the email as well. I appreciate it. I'm glad that you got a kick out of me trying to be a little funny with the uh, workmanlike instructions on how to empty out your suitcase and get throughout the ship and make sure you're going to maximize your cruise from the uh, first minute you get on the ship. So, uh, all right, what else did you say? I like these. You know, these are maybe kind of take that same approach, kind of tongue-in-cheek, instructional type, uh, you know, serious 
connotation to those topics as well. I like that, definitely. I think uh, that might be something we might do. Maybe we'll start with one of them and maybe kind of maybe put some cool background music, maybe some urgency-type background music behind it. That uh, that could be fun. But I appreciate you um, emailing Juan. What else? Did I miss anything in here? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Just some advice on a, a, a little segment for the show. And Juan, I actually like it. I actually like it. I might do it. You might hear that coming up in the next couple of shows. I'll pick one of these and uh, maybe throw some background music to it, get all serious and uh, instruct you uh, maybe how to, you know, what you do on the last morning routine, what you do on uh, what you do in port. I like it. Juan, thanks for the email. All right, moving on. Hey, Tommy, what can I say? Those last two shows have been awesome. The interview with Sherry was great. You'll have to get her on again sometime. Loved the Christmas show and the way you compared ship sizes. You made some really good points that I wouldn't have thought of. I'm more of a mid to large ship guy that likes to drink and relax. I've been trying to help you out and think of some suggestions for your show, but you keep killing it. I do like the interviews that you have uh, that you have and some more New York City tourist stuff might be good too I actually really liked your Christmas song list so I thought I'd attach a good old Aussie Christmas song for your enjoyment I hope you enjoy it with your sense of humor I think you will Phil I did I listened to it and that was absolutely hysterical I appreciate you sending me that um, and I appreciate the feedback uh, you know it is it sometimes it is tough to continue to kind of come up with uh, topics of the show but you know I just give it a little couple little give a little continue to think and uh, just some little brainstorming usually does the trick a lot of times something will come up in the news or something will come up on a cruise or somebody I'm friends with is on a cruise and they'll come back and they'll tell me something that's kind of like a lot of the times the inspiration for the shows it is it is difficult to put you know anywhere from an hour and 15 minutes to two hours show together on a weekly basis that's why maybe you've seen me do some phone calls lately and when um Phil talks about the last two shows. Uh, he wrote this email before the last two interviews, before the Chris and before the Stu interview. So he's talking about the Christmas and New Year shows. And uh, I really, really appreciate it, Phil. Phil's been a loyal listener and a loyal emailer for a long time. Phil, you telling me to keep up the good work? Man, you keep up the good work and keep listening because, man, that is uh, really, really something. And emails like that that keep me going and keep the show coming. As long as you guys are out there listening, I'm going to keep talking about cruising. So um, I appreciate that. Hey, Tommy, I've been a longtime listener and share your podcast with family and friends regularly. That's what I'm talking about. That's what we got to keep doing. More people like this out there. Come on. He he, uh, goes on. We aren't all pocket chasers. Well, that's a lie. We just don't admit it. I like your style. Very honest. My fiance. Oh, my fiance. And you're a pocket chaser and you got a fiance. Now, uh, this person's name is Daryl. Daryl, you, you're asking for trouble, sir. Uh, if you're asking advice, I don't recommend chasing pockets with a fiance. Anyway, my fiance and I are booked for a January 20th, 2018 sailing on the Carnival Magic. Can hardly wait. My question is, I want to go on a back-to-back cruise on the same ship. There are rooms available on the following week, but when can I get the best price? I haven't done it before, but I've been told you can get a good deal if you book before the first cruise ends. Any ideas or old school thoughts on that subject? Uh, I'm sorry. Any ideas or school of thoughts on that subject you can pass along would be appreciated. Thank you, Sultan of the Seas. Sincerely, Daryl. Daryl, I don't know if... I would be able to be considered Sultan of the Seas. But here's what I'm going to do. This is a topic that I'm going to tell you I don't know the freaking answer to. 
What I'm going to do is immediately after I edit and post this podcast, I'm going to post this question in the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge, the Facebook group. And uh, Daryl, I don't know if you follow that or not. Um, Just go to Facebook, Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge. Join the group if you haven't done so already. And I'm going to put it out there and uh, ask for a back-to-back cruise, when is the best time to book? Now, everybody's going to usually tell you, no matter what, I'm sure, that the earlier the better. And then maybe if you do it through a travel agent or call the cruise line directly, they'll be happy to book you over the phone. But that might be an insider tip is that you may get a better deal if you just consider staying on the ship. I tried to do a back-to-back once while I was on the ship. It was a, what was it, a six-day, no, a seven-day cruise, uh, Eastern Caribbean, that was leading into 4th of July weekend, and then the same ship on the Splendor was going to do a four-day a Canada-New England and I was like, this is perfect. It's going to be slow at work. Uh, you know, everybody leaves New York City for the for the weekend. And I can get on this cruise and do a back-to-back and just stay on the ship. And the ship was sold out for the second cruise. The, they showed me that the manifest was completed and there was no way I can get on that ship. That sucked. I was really looking forward to doing that back-to-back. So I don't know. I'm not a big back-to-back guy. I definitely will throw it out there to the group. But, Daryl, thank you so much for listening And uh, you're a little stretching by calling me the Sultan of the Seas. And most importantly, Daryl, do not chase pockets while you're on a cruise with your fiance. All right, moving on. Tommy, recently found your podcast and have just made my way through all of your episodes. Really enjoy your unique style. You related a luggage packing experience that I believe believe defines your podcast appeal. You observed that you saw a douchey guy at embarkation with his roll-on suitcase carrying his shirts and suits in dry cleaning bags over his shoulder. After torching this guy and later reflecting on the idea that you were carrying your dry cleaning bag on your next cruise, I still laugh when I think about think of it. You provide unfiltered observations with self-deprecating humor and are not afraid to poke fun at yourself. The wife and I took our first cruise on Celebrity Equinox to the Caribbean last year and are going on Royal Caribbean Symphony of the Seas in the future out of Miami. We will be uh, we will be going down a day early. Any recommendations on on a hotel and a nice place for dinner near the port? Thanks, Dennis. Dennis. Yes, you're talking about when I saw this guy. He was just like a Jersey Shore looking guy getting on a cruise. And he was so concerned about wrinkling his clothes that he was literally carrying dry cleaning onto the ship along with all of his rest of his luggage over his shoulder. And I'm like, you realize how big of a douche you have to be to keep your dry cleaning separate? And I'm like, hold on. I do like to take cruises. And I often come upon the dilemma of your formal evening wear getting wrinkled. And if you're all packed up and tightly condensed on your bag, your regular suitcase, what's the big deal about throwing a dry cleaning, you know, some dry cleaning action over your shoulder? Yeah, it's a little bit douchey, but maybe it's functional. So I tried it and I did it and I'm like torching this douchebag, lo and behold, on my very next cruise, doing the exact same thing that he did. You know, you want to call it self-deprecating. You want to call it uh, endearing, whatever, um, appeal. Uh, it, it was it was honest, and it's exactly what I did, and that's uh, all I can really tell you. As far as your question, 
Uh, so you're going on the Equinox and you're going out of Miami a day early. Any recommendations for a hotel? The hotel I always recommend. Now, this is also depends upon what you're into. If you're really looking forward to your cruise and you want to relax and you just want to get off to a good start with your cruise, I got one piece of advice. And if you want to get a night of partying and a, and a high energy night in Miami the night before, I got another piece of advice. Very simply, for the latter, definitely do South Beach. If you're looking to get it in and have a great time and you want to experience what Miami is, you go to one of those Art Deco boutique hotels on south beach the closer you get to the water the more expensive it's going to be like you know like so let's just say if you want to stay on the water you can find a hotel in one of those uh neon lit hotels slash bars for you know in the neighborhood of 250 bucks or so depending upon seasonality but then uh a block behind that you have collins they're going to be t- uh, collins uh, collins avenue they're going to be a little cheaper and a block behind that you have washington and that's going to be even cheaper still but if you want to be in South Beach and you want to get in a good night of vacation on South Beach, that's what you want to do. You want to stay on South Beach. You want to drink on South Beach. You want to eat on South Beach. You want to be on South Beach, and that's that area that you want to be. Now, if it's all about the cruise and you're not looking for a bad time, you want a nice hotel and just a cool thing to do the night before, this is this is me. This is kind of what I would do. I did the whole South Beach thing, to be honest with you, and I'd be absolutely fine with staying at the Holiday Inn and I don't know, it's Holiday Inn something, but it's right by the cruise port. It is, let's just put it like this. It's the closest Holiday Inn right to the cruise port. It's a, ni- it's the nice, it's a nice enough hotel, great view of the cruise port, and uh, it's, it's, it's not what you would think about when you would think about a typical Holiday Inn motor inn. It's, an, it's a nicer version of a Holiday Inn with, at a good price. And then as far as dinner or drinks before the cruise, you want to call it basic? I love it. I think it's great. It's a place called, I think it's Bay Plaza. Is it called Bay Plaza? Right outside the cruise terminal, right near where the uh, Miami Heat play. And it's a series uh, of uh, upper, it's like a half shopping, shopping district, slash bars, slash restaurants, right on the water. Um, everything's all together. They usually have live music in a courtyard there. You could eat inside, you could eat outside. And it's just a very, very pleasant place to have some dinner and some drinks and maybe do a little shopping before your cruise. Uh, Miami Bay Plaza, I believe that's what it's called. And uh, that's pretty much it. And those are either, either options, either one of those two options are very, very viable options for you. I really appreciate you guys listening to the show. Please, like I said, I'll just run through the whole gamut. Instagram, always be booked. Join the Facebook group, uh, The Cruiser's Lounge. Always be booked, Cruiser's Lounge on Facebook. Please share the show. Please tell your friends about the show. Somebody said a few weeks back, you know, put it in your Facebook groups that you, I mean, yeah, your Facebook cruise groups that you do follow. Anything you can do. Listen, we're still the little show that could. Nobody knows about this show. You can be putting this uh, hidden gem out to all your friends in the cruising community. Let them know about it. This is kind of shameless, huh? It's pretty pathetic. Well, what do you want me to do? You know, we're still at the inception. We're just a year old here at Always Be Booked. So anything you could do, we appreciate it. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And Tommy at Always Be Booked. Let me know what you think. Uh, keep the cruise conversation going. You guys are the best, and we will talk to you soon. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away. I love your big problems, you got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part set of a nine on tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot, and I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from, it takes away 
All of your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves you Jimmy